Bible has been around, read, adjusted, and interacted with for literally ages. Greg has read it so you don't have to, and now births into the world, Better Bible. Before we begin, as you will be listening to a retelling of Bible, please note that trigger warnings are in place for racism, xenophobia, violence, sexual assault, rape, child abuse, incest, animal cruelty, and more. Welcome to A Better Bible. So we're moving away from the narrative section now, which essentially means we'll no longer be talking about the exile in that bloody temple, I, I imagine. I mean, there is a real chance that we are pausing rather than ending all that, but for now anyway, right, we are getting our wisdom on, and we start with the book of Job. That one about the fellow who gets fucked over, over, and over, and over. Here we go. We're in the land of Uz, which is like miles away from the usual area, and we meet Job, and goodness me, he has everything going for him. Seven sons, three daughters, which we're definitely to understand as a positive thing. I'm well aware that this sounds like an utter nightmare, but this is set in a time where parents craved shitloads of kids because the silly things were dropping like flies. So yeah, loads of kids Job has, and he is ace. He has like loads of animals, so many animals you would not believe me if I told you. Loads of servants, and in many ways he's the best man in the east. And he's all God-fearing. He has loads of feasts and he keeps purifying his daughters just in case they had accidentally done a sin. They probably hadn't sinned, but just in case they did sin, you know, he, he purifies them. It's a strong start, and Bible goes to extreme lengths to show us that Job is the nicest of all possible humans. God loves him. Everyone loves him. He is more loved than Raymond. And he loves God. And every human there has ever been. What on earth could possibly go wrong? Meanwhile, in heaven, God's a bit bored and just sitting about. Last time he was this bored, he created the entire of existence. But having already done the entire of existence, he's just practicing his yo-yo skills. Loads of angels and Satan are chatting with God. And, right, right. Satan at this stage in Bible, this is important for us to clear up, okay? It's not so much a name as it is a job title. So don't go thinking the devil was kicking it with God, just his tricksy enforcer. Anyway, right, Satan, the plausible deniability for any bullshit and horrible thing God ever wants to do, right? Satan has been spending some time just knocking about earth and God is showing off, going on and on about how great he is, how everyone loves him and everything he touches is gold. The arrogant Midas prick is starting to really wind up the Satan. And when God starts going all, oh, look at Job, for example, he loves me so hard, right? Satan goes, yeah, yeah, of course he does. But do you think that might be because you've given him everything? I bet if you were to take everything away from him, he will turn away. I bet he'd curse your name and your irritating, arrogant, stupid, godlike face. God has a thing and decides that the bet is on and instructs Satan to go down to earth, do whatever he wants, but don't harm Job himself. Mess around with the peripheries, but Job himself don't touch. 
So, whatever follows in this book, right? Whatever arguments about God's wisdom, about mysterious ways, and about the nature of righteousness, before we get into all those moral arguments, which will be coming, right? We are going to get into those. I want you to remember that the reason for everything in this book is because of a bet born out of God's arrogance. Okay? Whatever follows, remember that. Right, let's check back in with Job. He is having a great old time feasting the day away when a messenger comes up to him and says a fight kicked off which slaughtered all of his animals and all his servants. A- apart from the one servant whose job it is to give him the news of all the servants. So apart from him, apart from that one messenger, right, all of his servants, all of his animals, gone. A further three messengers turn up, each telling Job that all of his shit is gone, and a fourth messenger turns up to say a wind knocks down one of his houses, a house all his sons and daughters happen to be feasting in, crushing each and every one of them to death. Job is understandably distraught, tears his robe, shaves his head, does a big cry, and says the Lord gives and the Lord takes. Then he prays like a madman. Again. All of this, Job, this lovely man that everyone loves and who loves everyone, all of his children have been murdered, all of his property has been lost, all of his animals and servants have been killed, all born out of God's arrogance because of a bet. Satan goes up to God and tells him, you know, what's been going on, and God smirks as he points out how ace Job clearly is, saying like, see, Job's still praying to me. Satan points out that Job is doing a good job, but he hasn't really started fucking with Job's health yet, so so there's that. If I actually hurt Job, if I hurt him, he will definitely turn against you, mate. God, because he is desperately wanting to win this bet out of arrogance alone, says fuck it, so long as you don't actually kill him, no holds barred. Satan giggles a delighted giggle and runs off to mess with Job, starts by covering him in painful sores, like covers him head to toe. It itches and it hurts and it bleeds so much that Job is shattering pottery to scrape the broken shards against his terrified skin. He's an absolute mess. His wife rocks up, is disgusting, and mate, you gotta curse God because look what he's let happen to you. Your God is quite clearly mental. Job calls for her to chill and continues not sinning at all, uh, just praying and being in pain. It's a strong, strong continuation to this story. Right, three of Job's mates rock up. Aliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. These are not pronounced in that way, but you get the idea. These are going to start doing all platonic dialogues with Job, and the book quickly turns into a whole what-is-justice kind of thing. Job curses the day he was born. He is understandably miserable. He asks God to please hate the day that he was born. It's some deeply poetic sixth-form woe-is-me bullshit going on. I mean, it makes sense that he is all woe-is-me, but still. He bangs on about the Leviathan. Let its morning star be dark and woe-woe-woe. Woe-biddy-woe-woe. Why is life given to us who need death? Job is totally fucked and lamenting this whole situation he's in. Alifaz pipes up. Can I offer you some advice, mate? 
I hate to see you like this, yeah? You, you've looked after so many people, now trouble has come down over you, and understandably, you're a tad discouraged. So, you kind of need to, uh, I don't want to say snap out of it because you're bumming us out, but can't you find all that strength you always had for others? And use a bit of that for yourself, because you are harshing our mellow, mate. Now listen, right? Good things happen to good people, and bad things happen to bad people. Karma, innit? A mortal can't be more righteous than God, can he? And you, complaining, is almost implying God made a mistake. We come to God with fear and trembling. I mean, this whole book can generate so many post-rock album titles, it is untrue. And be careful, buddy. I've seen people in trouble make dreadful choices and just get fucked even harder. Listen, man is born into trouble as surely as sparks fly upwards. See, told you, Silvermount Zion used that one. Back to it. If I were you, I'm not you, but if I were you, I'd appeal to God. He can help. Remember, he does not hurt the good. Don't you go getting angry at God's discipline. He's a smart and just God he is, right? Job replies, sounding more and more put out by this, saying, If my anguish could be weighed, that's not how anguish works. I know, I'm not saying it works like that, but if it could, right, it can't. I, it would be a fuckload. God's attacking me for no reason. I did nothing wrong. There's nothing I can do to repair a situation that shouldn't be broken. All I can do is beg for the sweet release of death. I want to die. I cannot hope. Or be patient, I've nothing left, and you lot are hardly helping, offering me bullshit advice. Look, I did nothing wrong at all. You're banging on about karma, but what about karma when I did nothing wrong, right? And I'm not even lying. This is bullshit. This is going to go back and forth for a while, so once again, it's worth remembering that Job didn't do anything wrong. All of this punishment is coming because of a bet. That's it. That's the entire reason for it. So Job really wants to die. He is heartbroken with the situation he finds himself in, littered with worms and scabs. He keeps yelling that he will never know happiness again. I am nothing, he says. And yes, I will complain when bullshit is happening to me for bullshit reasons. Even in my sleep, God is punishing me with horrific dreams and visions. I mean, seriously. What the fuck, man? Can God tell me why he has chosen to fuck with me? What do you think I've done wrong, God? Right. Bilidad chimes in at this point, pointing out that God doesn't pervert justice. Remember, he has. Job, your kids must have sinned and that's why they're dead. And you should stop sinning and start being good. If you seek forgiveness, then God will sort it for you. He then tries to do poetry in the other two with the other two, and it's like the lamest rap battle there's ever been. And so, like, why are you being all godless, mate? Of course your life is falling apart. God does not blame the blameless. Remember, he has. I know all that, says Job, but how am I supposed to prove my innocence to God? Like, I know God's got this one wrong, right? How can I argue with him? Who could stop God? How can I dispute him? I'm innocent and can do nothing about it. He's not even going to listen to me. This is such massive stinking bullshit. He's already fucked me for no reason. Who's to say he won't fuck harder for more no fucking reasons? He is so much stronger than innocent me. He is mocking my innocent despair. I'm guilty of nothing, but God still sees me as guilty. 
I need some kind of mediator so I can argue with God. And worry not, dear listener. Right towards the end of this book, Job does get to have a kind of courtroom drama with God. It's pretty neat. I mean, God is a gaslighting monster, and but it's a good read. But we'll come to that all in good time. Where, where are we now? That's right, Job complaining more. You know, from this book, people talk about the patience of Job putting up with all of this. But as far as I can tell, there's no patience. There's a defeat... There's a, there's a knowledge that he's powerless, but there is ceaseless complaining. I don't think you can confuse defeat with patience. Not really, but let's listen to some more complaints. Are you happy that I suffer, God? Does this make you happy? Make you feel all big? Destroying your creation for no reason? Very clever. I don't just want to die. I wish I had never happened. I've felt so hangover before that I wished I had never happened. So I kind of get exactly where Job is coming from here. Zophar, seeing the other two dudes were of zero help, clearly reckons he can swoop in and sort this mess out. What the shit, dude? You are full of mocking God right now. You think you're flawless, do you? I wish I could hear God tell you exactly what you've done. Knock that smug smile off your smug face, you smug prick. I mean, I know you're not smiling because you're in absolute state, but the smug is deafening. How can you dare challenge God? You can't understand his mighty godly ways. If he's punishing you, he will definitely have a reason. Remember, he doesn't. Doesn't much matter if you understand his ways or not. Devote your life to him and he will free you and there will be hope. Job, incredulous with this nonsense being repeated by each of his three friends, phrased differently but the same thing, right? God doesn't get shit wrong, karma is real, you're lying or wrong if you think you're innocent. Job gets angrier and angrier because he thinks he is innocent. And remember, he is innocent. He is desperate to speak directly to God, to challenge God. Essentially, Job is squaring up to God and seconds away from calling him a pussy when O'Ali speaks up. Would a wise fellow argue with God? You've been such a little bitch. All these words you're saying, there's the proof that you're a bellend. The very fact that you argue with God means you're a vile prick. Oh, I'm the prick, am I? I think you lot, I thought you lot were my mates, here to comfort me as I'm fucked, but no, you're just endlessly arguing with me. Do you think that's the actions of a non-bell, or a heavy bell? God has even stopped my friends from understanding and helping me out. His mates keep attacking him, and Job keeps getting more and more fed up, and the arguing continues for like ages, just repeating itself. Job going, why is he being punished? His mates saying he must have sinned because God only punishes sinners. Job saying he clearly doesn't, as I haven't sinned and I'm being punished. This leads to a long argument about whether or not questioning the mental actions of a mental God counts as sinning in and of itself. Like, the entire book is this tedious but strangely upsetting and beautiful argument. Job begging for an audience with God, and you know what? He only bloody goes and gets one. Sorry I'm late, I'm here now. Uh, check it, right? Who in the fuck are you to question me, mate? Were you there when I created up all the universe? I, I must have missed that. I must have missed you helping me to create everything. Do you know how to make all of creation? No? Well, maybe you should shut your fucking mouth then. Have you ever ordered the dawn to come up? And then it did come up, right? No? Have you ever seen the very gates of death? Just me again, is it? Are you as smart as me? As smart as God? God keeps trying to show that he's smarter than Job, telling him to look at all of nature and all the stuff God has done, all of this neatly sidestepping the fact that all of this punishment of Job was because of a meaningless fucking bet. Job gets a chance, finally, to 
Answer God. I'm unworthy, right? I can't actually reply to you and you know it. I got no words that will be good enough. Give it a go. God then does a weird bit of dick swinging where he starts talking about behemoth and leviathan, talking about how hard they are, but he could take them in a fight. He describes them like loads and loads, not in a useful way, just going on about how strong they are, but he is still stronger. It's weird. Even by Bible standards, it's, it's weird. Job says, I know you do everything, mate, and I'm sorry for having a go. I just, I don't understand your plan. Job gives in. He apologises. Remember, he has done nothing wrong at all. This one is exclusively on God. God tells the three men that Job is righteous. God then makes Job healthy, rich, have loads of animals, bitches, children, and restores everything he used to have, but with more stuff as well. What a waste of everyone's time. Job lives for another 140 years and then dies nice and happy. <laughs> Fuck. That was a lot, wasn't it? And what was the point in that story? That, that sometimes God is a bellend? Oh, fuck it, may as well argue about righteousness anyway. Ridiculous book bible, isn't it? Congratulations on listening to this episode of Better Bible. Start a club and share your favorite moments. Tell your loved ones we're here and we will save you. Greg bless. That's really stupid. Stupid. <laughs>